Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about the dark thoughts brewing inside Grogu's mind and whether for the good of the galaxy he should be put down like baby Hitler. That's why you're such a little bastard. No one's ever changed you. Hey, Happy New Year. I'm Eric Voss. Putting Grogu on trial with me today is Philip Molina. Happy New Year, buddy. How ironic is it that I did not know that this is what we were going to go over today? And this is the shirt that I got literally in the mail right before we started shooting. This is the shirt. This is the same shirt that John is going to be really mad at me for wearing in front of the blue screen. Because we're never <laughs> supposed to wear blue in front of, in front of the blue yeah, screen. Yeah, I think the actual color there is blue, blue dungeon, dungeon blue. blue. It is. Yeah. I, I made sure it was. I, just just so they can have fun. Try keying this, suckers. Uh, uh, uh oh. Oh no. Grogu's height chart is on Mustafar. <laughs> yeah. How embarrassing. John is going to be mad at me. I'm sorry, John. <laughs> well, maybe one of our New Year's resolutions could be uh, making sure our New Rockstars merch shirts that we're wearing on camera are of the black or the white or the red variety. We have lots of great options coming ahead in 2021. I'm real excited to see. So resolve to support us via our merch. How about that? Real quick, sorry to kill your merch plug. I'm writing a movie about baby Hitler. Oh, good. Someone <laughs> needs to cover that story. <laughs> well, everyone really wants to understand the man behind the no, it's it's not at all that. It's actually a, it's a comedy, but still. Is it just extending out from Deadpool 2's post-credit scene? It's not unrelated. Oh, oh, that's exciting. Speaking of evil babies, is Grogu evil? We saw him toy around. <laughs> We've seen him do some damage, and we've yeah. seen him like get off on it. We've seen Grogu maim, torture, kill, and Rufy. <laughs> But to answer your question, Philip, this is a very, very big question that we have entertained again yeah. and again on the channel uh, throughout season one. But yeah, especially since season Grogu two. F <laughs> uh, does he use protection? Is it? Does he seek consent? He's fifty. He's fifty. We have not yet, though, done a full analysis of Grogu's motivations, his his character alignment. Like we have seen Star Wars moral alignment charts before. But where would Grogu land on one of those? Now, right after season one, a few observers did try to place the child on this grid. You know, the one lawful good, lawful evil, you know, on, on a scale of legality to chaos and a scale of good to evil. Lawful mawful? Lawful mawful is what uh, Moff Gideon yeah, was. Awful yeah. waffle is a terrible other thing. Awful waffle. Okay, but clearly, I think we can all agree that the child is at the very least an agent of chaos. He's gonna lean towards the right side of that chart. And it was even more true in season two. But uh, our question is now, what direction is that chaos aimed uh, towards good or toward evil? Well, let's look back at all the evidence we have seen throughout these two seasons. And let's start, Philip, with season one. So Grogu began, uh, as anyone begins, true neutral before we really learn what they're well, all about. As far as we know, he might have done stuff before in that egg. He might have yeah. done stuff inside that egg. There's just a, a lot of dead birds in that egg. What's that smell under Grogu's bed? Don't look in there! Nothing. He was just fully inactive, neither good nor bad, neither lawful nor chaotic, but he was just there. But then... He eats a live frog. That's the first thing that people were like, hey, what? what the yeah. <laughs> I remember feeling very uncomfortable in that moment because we didn't, he was so cute still. And we were like, oh, yeah. he's kind of a frog himself. Well, he's a carnivore. And uh, to many vegans, that makes you a type of evil. Now, I would say that slid him over to at least chaotic neutral, but no moral judgment to be made there. He's just a hungry baby. However, he does save Mando by using the force to slay the mud horn. And that was Grogu's first real choice that we saw on the show. And you could argue it both ways, right? You could say it's a lawful good, 
because he is saving another life at the expense of his own energy, and he's acting in self-defense against a dangerous predator, which I would say uh, Star Wars common law is a form of stand your ground. That's a law. In the Florida section of the galaxy. Uh-huh. Arvala 7 is very Florida. There's <laughs> yeah. ranchers hurting weird animals that he shouldn't be hurting. But also, you know... This was a mama mudhorn just protecting her egg, which the Jawas only wanted so yeah. they could eat it. That was pretty mean. So the kill may have been lawful and dutiful in order to protect the life of himself and his caretaker, but it was arguably a bit cruel. Like, uh, Grogu did not know the context. I think at the end of the day, we can call this a uh, lawful neutral choice that at least slides Grogu back toward the true neutral square. Now, throughout the season, Grogu continues lots of baby shit, like he snatches its spherical knob off the control stick. Nothing big here. Maybe making him a bit more chaotic neutral, though. You're making a moral judgment on a baby playing with a toy? No moral judgment, just is he, is that lawful or is that chaotic? And babies uh, in their nature are chaotic. But then, then, Philip, we learned that Werner Herzog's client character was okay with Grogu being Killed. That's a big deal because even the antagonist paying for his capture considers it a viable outcome for the child to be disposed of. What does that tell us? That tells us that at least views his child as dangerous. And I think that would put Grogu firmly in the category of chaotic neutral. He's already there, but he's there. Remind me, was the client technically trying to get Grogu for Moff Gideon? He was, but there's still a lot of unanswered questions there, right? If the client would have been okay with Grogu dying, that goes right up against Moff Gideon's right. plan to harvest uh, blood from him, right? So they aren't totally on the same page. Yeah, it could very much be like, all right, I'll bring him to you, dead or alive. He's like, I said alive, dead or, or like, alive. Dead <laughs> or alive. Exactly, exactly. That's it's, There's a lot there from those first three episodes that we have to go back and look at. You know, the show is not done with those mysteries. And the same goes for what we assume to be a bounty hunter that the client hired the assassin of episode four on that farm village where he had Baby Yoda, Grogu, in his crosshairs. What does it tell us that all these people want the kid killed? It's like he's a WMD, like a kind of chaotic neutral force that in the wrong hands could be well, devastating. Let's think though real quick because I think that's a huge accusation you're making against a baby. But also I've seen babies do some dark shit. I've been one. But you got to think like most people in the galaxy, because they don't have, from what I understand, they don't have normal internet even. They have 1970s technology in the galaxy. Yeah. They don't know yet that the Jedi were integral in defeating the Empire. Most people don't know that the Emperor is a Sith or a Force practitioner. In their eyes, he was just a, a nice bureaucrat who was almost assassinated by these wizards. And he was so successful spreading that propaganda. We saw this a bit in Clone Wars, right? The the final season of Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. The average street-level Martez sister thinks the Jedi are these corrupt, trouble-bringing people. So that's the little people know of the Jedi to begin with. I, I do think it is a little weird that so few people knew of the Jedi's existence, despite Luke Skywalker famously blowing up the Death Star thanks to just trusting his sorceress instincts. Realistically, it probably very quickly became a religious myth. We're absolutely right. And it's a very important context to keep in mind when it comes to how people look at uh, Grogu. But then there's a big turning point. This is really when people first start talking about it, that moment he force chokes Cara Dune in season one. In fairness to Grogu, he believed Kara was harming Mando in that moment, and he was acting out of defense for his friend. Like the Mudhorn. Just like the Mudhorn. He was flashing back to that moment. The fact that he resorted, though, to a move like force choking is a bit alarming. It's specific. 
That was like Vader's go-to move. We right. did a big question episode about that. Now, many argue that Luke also force-choked Gamorrean guards outside Jabba's palace. Sure, sure. But I would counter-argue that in Return of the Jedi, Luke was moving toward a place of shared perspective with his father, that he was forced to, you know, cruelly detach from his friends in the fleet in the final battle. Luke was getting a little dark in that movie, and Famously, the force choke yeah. was part of it. So, yeah, it's a dark-specific move. Makes me a little worried that someone taught him to do that. Now, the kid can lift a mud horn. How uh -huh. much can Cara Dune weigh? He could be like, move aside. Yeah, he could just lightly shove her back a little bit. He can, he can move her arm, their arm wrestling, just kind of move it off. She could have done one of those, but she choked. He went for the windpipe. That goes to show he wasn't thinking clearly. That famously would uh would go with a Jedi who is headed on the wrong path if he's letting emotion yep. control mm -hmm, his use mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. So I think we can call Grogu's force choke lawful evil. He was acting in what he thought was self-defense, a, a duty to his, his caretaker. That is a lawful instinct, but it is evil to think that you need to use deadly force to exactly. take care of that. That brings us to the end of season one, where Grogu pretty much redeems himself. He uh, force heals Grief Karga. He didn't need to do that. And then he uses the force to repel the fire from the flamethrowers in, in the town. That fire block did blow back that flame trooper, but it was in pure self-defense. It was lawful. It was good. These were altruistic choices. So I think that kind of brings us full circle back to true neutral where we started. Sorry. <laughs> but season two is really the reason we're having this conversation obviously changes the game. Uh, it swings Grogu back at least into the agent of chaos, the chaotic mm. column in chapter nine. He I don't even want to talk frog about eggs. it. No, <laughs> we got to talk about the eggs. Because he also eats these spider eggs. And this is Which despite, that is fair. Spider eggs are might be fair. They're cold. It's like a nice, yummy, spidery popsicle. Have you had spider egg? <laughs> Have you had it? Oh, you are gonna. It's a part. Now, the thing with the frog eggs is he was explicitly told not, not to. to and it, he right. knew what they meant to that frog mom. Uh, because yeah. he sneakily crept around the Razor Crest. He looked around the corner. He knew what he was doing was messed up. Eric, had those eggs been spermed? It decides everything. Okay, If they've been sure. sperminated, then those are living creatures in there if life begins at eggs. But if those are unspermed eggs, then the, the what's good for the game? Fertilized. Fertilized is a word for it. That <laughs> what, spermed. That, that's a thing for manure. Gross. <laughs> no. The You are right. You are right. Grogu is not a perpetrator of genocide. However, he kind of did go up to a woman and scrape eggs out of her body and Sc eat them. Don't use the word scraped. That's what one. he did. <laughs> and he slurped them down. They um, were in a jar, like they are for many women who are saving it for later in their career. And then also, really quick, this is also traumatic for me because I think you know this, but not everyone does. When I was in fifth grade, we spent like a, a big time learning about how to make eggs for some reason. Everyone had to practice, like bring eggs in from home and we we're gonna make a whole egg meal for the whole class. And we all brought in our store-bought eggs, and one little B-word, Dina, lived on an actual farm, and she was like, I'm bringing a natural egg, or whatever, and it was from the farm, and hers was the only brown one, and ours was all white, and then the teacher was like, ooh, let's, this one's extra special, and we all felt lame as hell, and we make this big pot, she had this giant pan for 40 kids for, to eat eggs, and then it's like, and then let's put Dina's egg on it, and she cracked it over it, and a 
dead baby chicken fell out oh, no. onto it, and it had like blood in the in the oh. egg, and it spoiled the entire pot of all the eggs. We had to do, we had to throw the whole thing out, but we also just saw a little corpse land. We all screamed. I was gonna say, did the kids scream? Because yeah, of that's course, kids said. are really good at screaming uh, very quickly. Uh, and uh. we had a pizza party instead. Pizza time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that that definitely worked. But that out would, in no, favor. that was really traumatizing. But that is how yes. I learned that we normally eat unfertilized eggs. If an egg is yes. fertilized, it is very different. That's why you don't sperminate an egg in an eater. <laughs> yeah. But either way, Philip, the fact that Grogu was sneaking around while everyone else was sleeping and then waited to do it showed, like, anything that you have to do at night while everyone else is sleeping, you have to make sure people are sleeping to do it, is evil. You grew up in that kind of household, so I believe that. I just remembered, though, I do have to correct myself, they had not been spermanated yet. That was the whole point of getting them to that to the other yes. planet, because that guy uh-huh. was going to do his business all over that jar. Yeah, and he did. He did. We saw the other side of it, for sure. And not only that, Philip, he kept doing it after Mando told the him dad? to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kept after Ben is like, stop doing it. They're already fertilized. He's like, I can't. <laughs> they can never be too fertilized. Grogu, Grogu kept eating the eggs, Got and uh, and then even at that weird hot spring in the middle of the ice cave, he went over to these ice spider eggs that endangered all of them. Yeah, you could say eating the ice spiders was uh, chaotic neutral, but eating those frog eggs was chaotic evil. evil. That's pure Joker Dark Knight chaotic. <laughs> That's a leap but yes i 100 but that's what people normally put in that square joker is chaotic now it gets scarier in chapter 13 when ahsoka tano comes into the show and she looks at that kid and she's like mm, nope <laughs> she gave it a shot but then she saw that grogu and mando had this connection the same way that anakin had personal connections making him vulnerable making him fearful that he could lose something and that is not the jedi way and suddenly ahsoka cares about the jedi way despite you know years and years of being divorced from it i'll give though is also she's analyzing his fear she can tell right. that this child has a lot of fear and she knows that that's dangerous whether or not it's against uh-huh. the rules. and she saw it firsthand with anakin despite whatever she may feel about the jedi she knows that they were dead right with their reluctance to train anakin you know mm-hmm. but even more interesting to me philip was the fact that ahsoka had no idea who grogu was until she read his mind right. even though Grogu is only five years older than her. They would have trained at the temple around the same time. That tells us that the Jedi Council was so freaked out by this kid that they made sure Grogu was hidden away from all the other younglings, I think, out of fear that his impulses were too powerful to control. He had to get special one-on-one time with the teacher. Do we think that it's because, play the clip, it's off the charts? I highly doubt we'll find a donor with a higher M count, though. That's part of it. It's interesting because the highest midichlorian count we know of was uh, Anakin, right? Mm -hmm. 20,000, which was higher than Master Yoda himself, which astonished Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn. Even though Qui-Gon Jinn was a master at the time. So that made it sound like there was no one who had a higher M count than Anakin at that time uh, of Phantom Menace. I'm thinking Grogu, and we we have done and will do other videos on this on the channel. I think Grogu was with the Jedi Order before Anakin was. And that is why when they saw Anakin at age nine, they're like, uh, no, look, we already got one Homer. But despite her fears for his future, his potential, Grogu is not there yet. 
But I, so I would say, Philip, that fear makes him a chaotic neutral. A chaos being he is too powerful to control. We don't know what direction he's going to go in yet. Right. The potential uh, to be evil does not make you evil. But then we see in chapter 14, when Grogu is captured, he thrashes around those stormtroopers. But specifically, again, he force chokes one of them. That is a deliberate, specific move. Babies don't have an instinct to choke. Well, and then he was like, you like that, don't you? And I was like, <laughs> what? They didn't need to put that in. Yeah, why did they put that in the subtitle? <laughs> yeah. It was his first words on the show. What a weird first word. Now, it's a really, really dark moment, and it's underlined by the fact that, you know, another guard tries to intervene, and Moff Gideon's like, no, 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 let him finish. Right. And then he enjoys this darkness coming out of the child. This is a chaotic, evil act. And that's is, classic, yeah. uh, you know, Sith energy. Not that, that Moff Gideon is, but wanting to see a Force user, t like, give in to that and encouraging them uh -huh. to give in to that. We, I mean... That's probably your best argument thus far. Use your aggressive feelings, boy. Let the heat flow through you. Okay. Real so, quick, uh, the yeah. editors had to uh, cut out a section there uh, where Eric and I reminisce about the different people that we know who do porn. That'll be in a future episode. That's why you got to keep watching every week. It might be this week. You never know. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, the sum total of everything we know about Grogu's actions on this show is that he is really on the border between chaotic neutral and chaotic evil. It's the big question of the show, actually, where, you know, we think it's all about getting Grogu to his kind to be taken care of, and it actually is about, is Grogu good for the galaxy or bad for the galaxy? Yeah. And it, you know, you know why? Because that's a, a way to mirror the Mandalorian as he's been portrayed on this show, which is very much the cowboy. And the cowboy yeah. is famously can can be, you know, lawful, evil, chaotic, good. Like cowboys are are famously on the spectrum uh, yeah. of, uh, of good to <laughs> evil. And I think that this show really likes to play this this Western element there of complex morality. And especially where it combines with Eastern philosophies. We saw that very much in the episode where we meet Ahsoka. That also has like the, the Jedi order is very, you know, close to the religious order and like Buddhist and whatnot. And they interpret these things in a more energy based way. And the Mand Mando is very much like, look, I have a list. I have things I have to do. And they do have are a very particular set of skills. And those two philosophies have a lot to do with like general energies versus the rules. And both of these characters exist on that spectrum and uh, constantly kind of switch over. Yeah, I think uh, if we could position Mando somewhere, he would probably be in the category of a lawful neutral. You know, it's like Nathan Fillion on Firefly, right? Like they wear the black hat, they wear the white hat, uh, and they go back and forth, but they have a code. The man's gotta have a code. Awesome. And I think even though in this uh, Star Wars universe, whoever's in charge of the laws change a lot, in this post-Imperial Age when the New Republic's trying to get started, Mando's normally within the confines of the law and his own code. He's, he's pretty sacred to that, and he sticks to that. by the, He's guided by the sense of duty, so that makes him a lawful figure, but he's neutral in his way he plays on that. I have a question. Is lawful contextual to like where you are, basically? I mean, Nazis. Yeah, a Nazi's just following orders, right? I mean, famously, uh, Darth Vader is using is an example of lawful evil uh, because right. he is following the laws of his, but he's using laws and he's using the established order to justify his villainy. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it is. If you're within the establishment, you're a, a, a lawful figure. I'll leave this, this question on you then in general. I think that Jedi in general, where do they fall as a group? There's a lot of debate over this, but I would call them a lawful neutral. 
They're kind of like these Picard figures, right? In the height of the, the Jedi Order, right? They only intervene in things where they're trying to preserve the peace. But they do let a lot of bad things happen to stick to that code. But while before Order 66, the Jedi are very much part of the establishment. They're right at the seat of power. Um, so by that nature, they are absolutely lawful. Yoda, on the other side of it, is more of a neutral character. Yes. Yeah. So let us know in the comments. This yeah. guy, T, chaotic good, chaotic evil, adorable. That can be all nine categories for sure. Yeah, yeah. Also, a deeper question here. Are we saying by these definitions are all babies chaotic evil? I was going to ask you that. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't want to bring this up uh, on camera because I there are kids watching our show sometimes. But I think you're saying kids are evil, <laughs> period. They're at least chaotic. We could say they're chaotic. They're either chaotic neutral. Some people say they're chaotic good. Some people say they're chaotic evil. <laughs> chaotic a lot of work. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, we got to move on, and we want to thank some people who helped us make this episode, starting with our friends at BetterHelp. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I know Philip and I have both felt that way before. Very much. Uh, we have felt that way ourselves. We might know someone in your life who's not really doing great right now, and every once in a while, that someone is us. Well, BetterHelp is great. It assesses your needs and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist to start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, it is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is just professional counseling done securely online. And if you feel like you are in crisis, let's put a uh, link down in the description where there are places you can call if it's urgent uh, and you kind of need to talk to somebody right now. This is a little bit about uh, maintenance that you would do on your car, yes. but you just do it on yourself. Yeah, it's it's, it's proactive mental health, you yeah. know, because it's something that we have to continually work on, not just when things are bad, you know? And there is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in a lot of areas. Yeah. Well, this service is available worldwide. You can log in anytime, send a message to your counselor, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, no sitting in an uncomfortable waiting room, which a lot of us can't really leave our homes right now. So this is a way you can still get the help you need. My therapist and I switched to completely uh, video based. And honestly, I have no intention to ever go back. Jeezier, I just like it's so in the convenient. middle of my day, I get to just kind of have my bitch yeah. fest. Yeah, absolutely. Now, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BigQuestion. That is Better. H-E-L-P dot com slash big question and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Ding! Eric, what is our next sponsor? Oh, uh, thank you for phrasing it in the form of a question because our next sponsor is Jeopardy. How has this just been the first time that big question is sponsored by Jeopardy? Uh, it, it took too long. Well, I want to tell you about Play Show Jeopardy. It's a new Jeopardy game available on PlayStation, Xbox, and Windows. Play Show Jeopardy lets you test your knowledge using actual episodes of Jeopardy. The game combines your console and your mobile device so you can buzz and speak your answers 
just like if you were on the show. Philip and I have had friends who have been on the show before. None of them have won. None of them have won. But now we can feel like we were them and we yeah. can exist on the show and do even worse than they did probably. I also submitted to be on Kids Jeopardy when I was a kid. It was called Jeopardy. Oh, when you were an adult? Philip kicked their ass. We love stuff like this. We both love pub trivia. Our channel's based on trivia. Absolutely. And uh, we had a blast playing this game. It's a great game for you to play with your roommates or your family members. You can talk trash to your dad when he blows all of his earnings on the Daily Double because he forgets the capital of Wisconsin. Racine? Kenosha? No, it's Madison. You can play by yourself as I will probably have to do, or uh, with up to three total players and play across different areas and additional DLC packs with favorites like Teen Tournament, Road to the All-Stars, and All-Stars Captain's Classics. You don't ever feel smarter than playing against teens in Jeopardy. It is, mwah. You, I mean, you don't win, but you do, you like, do better than you would have done it. It's like, this is my kind of Jeopardy. Bubblegum question. Now, actually, the game is 20% off on PlayStation until January 19th. So you have time. Get on it. Just go to playshowtv.com to start playing Play Show Jeopardy right now. That's playshowtv.com. Well, now comes the time for a bite-sized question that Philip is going to chew all up for you and spit in your mouth. Are you ready, Philip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, the question is, what is the significance of lightsaber colors? I'm glad you asked this because I put a lot of thought into the color choices that make new Rockstar's videos and stuff, and no one ever thinks to ask that. Just oh. like lightsabers, the blue dungeon is powered by kyber crystals. Oh, that that's why I'm getting irradiated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> Sperminated. <laughs> no. Um, when those crystals, when kyber crystals are first mined, they actually have no color. A lot of people think that yeah. it's some sort of like rainbow uh, kyber crystal field. But mm -hmm. no, there's no color to them. But it's when they bond with a Jedi who chooses them that they actually take on a color, kind of like a mood ring, kind of like a BK Kids mug. It's like, uh, I think the, the crystal starts to deteriorate until there's one where it's a crystal's like, yes, this one. And then it stays mm -hmm. intact and it turns a color. Yeah, it used to be back in uh, the Legends days that the crystal kind of knew the role of the Jedi yeah. who it was bonding with. And it was kind of like, this one's a policeman. Let's make it, you know, like, like for some this reason. One's a farmer. It's yeah. like you've made 12 farmers. It's like, <laughs> exactly. I want to. Look, we got a lot of green to print. <laughs> but uh, it since has made more sense where now it doesn't guess what your role is or you have to have a role before you do it. Now it's based on your spiritual alignment, which makes yeah. a lot more sense, honestly. So that makes sense also when most people are generally blue. <laughs> Obi-Wan lightsaber, that's a Luke Skywalker. Uh, Anakin's is blue. Kiari Mundi, Ahsoka Tano during Clone Wars. Leia, even now we know this, during her training has a blue one. Ben Solo yeah. during his training. I mean, it kind of, you'd be it'd be fine for you to think that blue is the default color but again no it's more their spiritual alignment that is righteousness in and bravery tends to be kind of a default alignment for jedi yeah. uh, especially when they're being uh trained in the extended universe that was a uh, guardian role which is yeah the jedi guardian there. yeah but that's sadly no longer the case the second most common you can probably guess it right green yeah green second most common but it's usually associated with the wiser ones yeah i kind of think that they kind of were like what color is yoda <laughs> let's make green mean wise 
But also, you know, Qui-Gon, who I I was always a bit the biggest fan of because of his like mellow wisdom. Kit Fisto, the best name of any porn star. Quinlan Boss. Also great porn star name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eric Boss, yeah. fantastic yeah. porn star in the seventies. And Luke in Jedi. That um tends to be about having and we talked you were talking about this earlier, having arrived at a state of harmony. It's a cooperation, goodwill. In the EU is the consular role. Yeah. But basically right, right. it's like there's two ways an old man can get. Grumpy and hilarious. Fine, fine, fine. Or just kind of like mellow, and he kind of like knows everything's cool, and uh-huh. green is mellow, baby. Yeah, once you have a green lightsaber, it's kind of like kids will follow you around and be like, shh, an old man's telling a story. Yeah, he's around. like, in my day, I murdered villages. The kids are like, no, no, let us go. And it's like, don't you go nowhere. You listen to my stories. We've seen red lightsabers quite a bit, ah, actually, yes. and so you do know that Sith warriors get red lightsabers. Darth Vader, famously, Sidious. Darth Maul, Tyrannus, Kylo Ren, but Kylo Ren's is kind of, I, I would say that one's like works differently. So it's it's not clear that it it could have been like kind of his little, I feel so bad when I make fun of him, but he, you know how he's like cosplaying as Vader? It feels like yeah, he yeah. might have been able to enter a color hex code on his hilt and like yeah. make it, or like the way like a Twitch guy like will put like different colors in his background or whatever. Cause yeah, I, like, I yeah. can make all three of them different if you want. Yeah, his plasma is not well shaped, which I think would say more about the, the magnetic uh, field generator mm. on the hilt rather than the plasma itself. It just seems like it's more like wispy, like it's, yeah. it's kind of currently on fire. But yeah, he is, uh, he would have had to make that on his own. Kylo Ren is like, if a teenager says like, you want to come over to my house and see the gun I made? No. He turns around, there's a hole blown out of the back <laughs> of his head. <laughs> There's candy in there. Bane, um, who else has has red? Um, Asajj Ventress has uh, has one. Um, and the red comes actually from, it's kind of like a metaphorical red. Star Wars is one of the most uh, archetypal-based pieces of, of pop culture ever. Mm-hmm. You can learn everything about archetypes just watching Star Wars. So you would mm-hmm. assume that red is associated with like fury and anger, and it is. But specifically, um, the concept of bleeding yeah. is more in the, the world of Star Wars. And of course, it also is hatred and fear and suffering and any negative emotion um, that gets into the crystal causes it to bleed red. It's kind of the concept mm. there. Um, in the EU, it <laughs> not the European wow. Union, uh, in the yeah. extended universe. In Legends, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the Sith couldn't use kyber crystals. So they actually oh, had right. to make synthetic uh, kybers, which, were, which forced them to be red. But again, right. once again, it's just so much more interesting when it's like bonding with your yeah. red dark soul. Uh, because they had to invent new colors, they couldn't just say yeah. like, well, all these different rainbow rocks were in on Ilum yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Speaking of inventing new colors, uh, that brings us to white, which totally ah, yes. reminds me of the same thing that happened on Power Rangers where they made the white ranger. He was formerly oh, yeah, yeah. the green ranger. The time has come to reveal your identity. White is often this thing where it's like little kids are like, white was an option? Like yeah, we could have white this whole time? Yeah, everybody what? knows white is the coolest. Like it's the mystery airhead too, which is just right. like blueberry. What forever. a crazy mystery. Tommy went missing and there was that whole reveal like who will be the White Ranger and they slowly lifted off the helmet. And the whole time I was like, who is it going to be? I thought it was going to be another famous movie star. I thought it was going to be Jim Carrey for <laughs> some reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you mean another famous movie star? Who in yeah. the Power Rangers cast were you like, well, we've got Tiffany Joe Johnson. She was already the Pink Ranger. You know, they already had all these other ones. I thought they were making it a mystery of like who is it gonna be? It's we have a new cast Gary. member on the show, and it was just the guy who played Tommy, who's now. <laughs> Do not go in there. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
white sabers. So famously, Ahsoka wields these badass white sabers. Honestly, uh-huh. she's like the main reason they look so cool, and it is because she made them in this really cool way. She killed um the Inquisitor, <sighs> who's the sixth brother. His blade uh-huh. was red, and mm-hmm. she used the Force. It's awesome. She used the Force to purify them. Which kind uh-huh. of implies taking them back to their original Kyber state, but it actually is representing Ahsoka's status and kind of her alignment as this autonomous loner. Right. Where instead yeah. of aligning in any direction, it's like without alignment. Um, so she's not affiliated with Jedi or Sith. She's just, you know, a white girl, except she's not. One of these lightsabers is the Shoto blade, uh-huh. a shorter blade. You see uh-huh. how they snuck it in there? It's because <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit shorter. It's a little bit Shoto. In the books, Ahsoka carried a yellow-green Shoto saber, uh-huh. uh, but never in, in live action because yellow-green is the worst color. Yeah, uh, that's no, the only reason. Only in my Gatorade. Eric, what is the only color that after it's like, wait, white was an option that can like defeat the white one or, or counter the white one? Oh, we gotta be talking about the dark saber. That is a very specific scenario. It's an ancient saber that was created by Tar Vizla. I was kept in the Jedi Temple. It was stolen by the Vizla house. I was passed down through the ages until it was taken away by Maul. Sabine Wren finds it. She gives it to Bo Katan. Moff Gideon has it. We we've seen plenty of the dark saber, but that's. Like, not an option for most people. It was never an option. There's yeah, there's no only one of there. those. That's why we know when we saw him off getting with it, we're like, whoa, shit. That's yeah, like exactly. the one Darksaber. There's no others. Oh, shit! In physics, so again, there is like some alignment here with the concepts of lights. We know that black actually is the absence of light, and we are talking hmm. about lightsabers, so the concept of a dark saber is is clearly trying to represent this connection toward the idea of light, so yeah. being without colors in these lights. It comes from the total absorption of visible light. So that could suggest Tar Vizla's crystal didn't even bother emitting light, right? There was oh, like right. an absence of light, and that's just a really dark thing to happen. Can you imagine? You're like, all right, it's going to light up your color. And it's just like, mine didn't have a color. And they're like, yeah. get away from him, Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is something creepy about that, right? Not only did it not emit light, not only did it not reflect light, it absorbed the light around it. it's like a black hole if it's black it must absorb light that's how anything black when you take it out into the daylight or any other it's thing in the greedy. room it is absorbing the light so that's what that saber is doing that might be what that white yeah. glow is but it is kind of like a black hole but what's cooler than black baby and what was made for the black jedi <laughs> oh oh purple that is yeah, mace windu's yeah purple mace windu's personal request from samuel L. jackson that becomes <laughs> star wars canon you might get purple yeah, that's yeah. how a lot of stuff becomes canon. It's just and Lucas it was like, goes, okay. And, and there was the concept of purple being the combination of red and blue, so the two things we said before, so morally oh, yeah. ambiguous and sexually. Sure. But that's <laughs> kind of EU because Mace Windu was not morally ambiguous. So now it's just kind of like, it's a rare color, and it means mace-like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yellow is a color that we've seen used by Jedi Temple Guards. And uh, Ray in the in the final scene of Rise of Skywalker, um, which is right. like it's it's kind of cool in a book called Dark Disciple. Asajj Ventress uh, in that used the yellow blade, and in uh, the EU, the Old Republic Sentinels would carry yellow blades too. They saw the color to like represent kind of just practical use of the Force, like mm. like almost like construction. Right, yellow, like- it's more of a it's like a tool rather than like a, exactly. a, a, this is my lightsaber. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Mine. 
Isn't that what you said when you proposed to your girlfriend? I did, yeah. I, I screamed at everyone else, like, there are many other women like her, but this one is mine. Actually, there's no other women like her. Yeah, oh, she is Congratulations like again. little baby. Thank you. Eric and Kelly sitting uh, in a tree getting yeah. C-O-V-I-D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but only with each other. Yeah, it's because oh. the tree had it. Yeah. Damn tree. You always, they're the last ones you suspect. I don't ever want to see it again. You know what I love about the final shot of The Rise of Skywalker? Us picking a lightsaber color that makes their lightsaber akin to a mop. It's a great tool. I'll give you that. <laughs> this asshole guy is just like on the council. It's like, really? Yellow? Okay. All right. I would go for nice racing stripes. Zebra stripes. Vroom, vroom. Yeah. He's like, uh, play with his Hot Wheels. Yeah. And it's like somebody's brother-in-law that got to be on the Jedi Council. And Anakin's um, like, him? Him? Yeah, yeah. Well, he had the lowest M count we've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I'm a homer just, on it. Plo Koon had some uh, had a yellow lightsaber in some stories, but also uh, sometimes orange and others. And yeah, I remember Jedi power battles. He was the one who had an orange one. I'm like, who's that orange one? <laughs> I think Plo Koon did turn it blue though in in canon stories. There's a orange lightsaber in um, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, yeah, Cal Kestis gets an orange one that we don't know anything about why it's orange, why that's important. It's yeah, just, we just he know gets an it's orange one in it. Yeah. Delicious in the morning. It's a delicious uh, as a creamsicle, and that's the significance of the colors of the Jedi. Who asked this bite-sized question? I love you. Eric, what is the reason for everything? Uh, 42. Yeah, what? Toys! 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 You get a toy. You get a toy. It's because the more variations, the more you can sell. Reminder, <laughs> Baby Yoda merch available. <laughs> and, and our shirts. And it is in uh, multiple colors. That yeah. represent your alignment. Well, thank you for answering that, Philip. Uh, we'd love to learn how... The corporate merchandise sales market is controlling our lives and our destinies. We have time for one final box scraps question. Oh. And we have uh, pointed our, ooh, what's this? The box of scraps theme song. Box of scraps! Is it the Homer's thinking music, right? <laughs> Well, we have pointed our judgmental gaze at Grogu, but uh, speaking on this question of evil, have you ever felt evil? Evil? Evil. Evil! I feel like you thought I was, I was evil at multiple times. I thought I, I still think I might be evil. I'm waiting to find out. I've never done anything wrong. Set those fires, I said. You mentioned uh, a script you were writing about baby Hitler. I mm -hmm. wrote a script that uh, started with the baby Hitler concept but became a Terminator thing uh, called Evil Blonde Male. It was based on a podcast I used to do called the Evil Blonde Kid podcast, mm -hmm. where it was kind of like a narrative uh, anecdotal podcast where I would tell stories. And about then... the kid from Seventh Heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like really put him in his place every week. Oh, Look what he Simon. did this week. Yeah, exactly. David Gallagher, whoever his name is. Yeah. is what he did this week. Get this. <laughs> Get this. Um, no, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was like telling stories from my youth, from my past, where I felt like I was the bad guy of that story. It was kind of like a confessional type thing. I was 
Because, you know, in media, it's often like, oh, they're the Malfoy, that's the evil one, or the Johnny and Karate Kid, he's the jerk, you know. Because yeah. uh, there's well, just, you know, it goes back to the Hitler-Aryan thing of a lot of them were blonde and they were all evil. Yeah, I did this podcast. I, I was kind of proud of it, especially really what it, the best thing that came out of it was that script. I kind of stopped the podcast after that point because I ran out of stories to tell that weren't, like, humiliating to myself or people that I knew. Well, I kind of um, remember this, too, that, like, not a lot of time would pass and you'd have to take an episode down. <laughs> Like, like yeah, again and again. Because I'm like, oh, this is bad. Like, someone's going to find this. Uh, yeah, so I think it's all taken down now, though you may be able to find it somewhere. So years later, this was an ex-girlfriend of mine. I told her about this podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, you should listen to it. Because she's like, yeah, I want to see the stuff that you've made. Uh, she didn't talk to me for a couple of days, and then we went and got dinner that Friday. And she was kind of quiet during the dinner. And uh, I had mentioned, I'm like, oh, did you listen to the Evil Bond Kid? <laughs> you knew immediately. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, yeah, I listened to all of them. You aren't still like that, are you? Like, it really changed her opinion of me. And then she's like, and you're not going to do a podcast episode about me, are you? No, I'll talk about you in a future podcast. Yeah, I'll talk about you in, uh, in Big Question in the future. <laughs> yeah. I won't mention you by name, though. Uh, no, but like, yeah, I realized I'm like, oh, this isn't like a good thing. I've been putting this on social media and people are judging me for this. And and Kelly has not listened to it and she never will. She'll not be allowed to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, she can take back that ring. Eric, you're creating too much FOMO for something that people probably can't go find. Give us a clear, quick story of an evil blonde kid story. What did you do that was so wrong that made this girl give up dating you? I think the last one I did was like a, a parody of House of Cards where it was like me recounting my political Machiavellian uh, conniving tricks where I was like student council president in eighth grade. Uh, and it was my account, my confession of how I sabotaged uh, a senator in student council um, because he was he was going to be like a rival to me. And you had, I had a Senate in eighth grade? Well, each grade got to send two representatives or something. And he was uh, uh, a representative and he fell below a AB average. And I knew about it and I had him removed from student council oh uh, because he was like a thorn in my side or something horrible. I still can't Such believe that you had a Senate with representatives as your student council. My student council was a gang that you had to get beaten into by the <laughs> teachers. <laughs> you had to fight okay. a teacher to get into the student council. Uh, Again, our viewers are learning the difference between North Florida and South exactly. Florida. It's like oh, you man. have to beat your way into the student council and yeah. you get pregnant and give birth at prom. And technically, I'm still in the student council. You're in it for life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about you, Philip? Have you ever felt like the the bad guy in the narrative? Yeah, I mean, if that's the thing you're measuring it by, then then yes. Because of that South Florida thing, honestly, because, yeah, I don't know if you remember, like, I was a good kid, but I, I grew up in a really bad area and I didn't know it was a bad area. Until, you know, my older siblings were, were doing bad stuff. And when it started to become clear that they were trying to, like, groom me to, you know, take over the family business a little bit, if you will. And remember, they, like, cut two slits into my eyebrow and, and shaved my head and bought me all this, this ghetto clothes. But I was still like, I love computers! But, like, <laughs> whatever. But then there was a stretch there where I remember, it was, I remember a summer specifically. Like, I was the kid that I would go to summer school because we didn't have um, babysitters or daycare or whatever. But I would, like, like it because I would, like, take more computer classes and stuff. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But um, one day I'll be a YouTuber and the teacher thought I was an idiot because I wasn't a word yet. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, But I remember during that time it was really confusing for me because my brother and, and was, was 
you know, he was getting in a lot of trouble, but he was also, it was, like, really cool, honestly. And he wasn't a gang at the time. And so I started to, to, I had slits in my eyebrows, and I started to try to, like, mimic that behavior, but, like, the childlike version of that. So it was, like, the ideas of what I thought were bad, which 100% I did not get from anything other than the movie Problem Child. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, bad to the bone. Yeah, exactly. So I dyed my hair bright red. Um, yeah. I put on the little freckles, turn, 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 <laughs> uh, and I rolled a giant ball over the woman that was going to marry my that dad. That was problem child, too. Yeah. Flattened her nose. Yeah, exactly. No, but, um, and she gets a fix the next day. During that time, though, I was trying to be bad, and I, I can th- think of, like, oh, I can, I can think of three things that I did during that time. One was I, I remember, like, I was, like, you know, I think maybe I was even like skipping class or I was definitely walking through, you know, like when you're when you're little, you're not supposed to like roam the school. Uh, and this was like after school. I think I was just like waiting to get picked up or something. So I would roam the school. And I remember I found a classroom where in, on the chalkboard, some student had drawn this amazing mural and chalk of Ariel from The Little Mermaid. And it was just like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and I Uh-oh. just erased the whole thing. Oh, that's um, so mean. And uh, the next day, Mrs. Marks, uh, she was my previous teacher. I, she must have seen me do it or something. She called me in her office. She's like, why did you do that? That was really mean. And I was like, I don't know. And I like, cried. It's fun to do bad things. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to do bad things. Um, uh, dun, 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 dun. And, um, and I spit in her face and I walked this out. This song was too important to yeah, her. It really was. I was it was like my, my only... Uh, that, I thought rock music was bad to the bone and Jingle Bell Rock. And those were my two songs. Jingle Bell Rock was the music of the devil. It had rock in the name. And I thought it was so cool. The next thing I did is actually pretty bad. So I got used to walking home uh, eventually. And one day I just got it in my head that I was going to do something really bad. So I picked up a rock and I threw it through a window in my apartment complex. And I just broke their window. And here, oh God, I still feel really bad about this. Because this is like the weird, I don't know if it's my OCD or what, or, or just weird sense of completion. Every time they fixed the window, I would break it again. Oh no! They would repair the window, and I was like, "Not on my watch!" And I'd throw the rock through the window again. This is a bad neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, dun, 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 dun. and I did it like three or four times. Like I kept breaking that window. God, those um, people! It was probably a sweet old lady who's just yeah, like, what did or I do? they like it. Probably was like a hate crime, and I didn't know because of the fool who lived there or something. Oh no! <laughs> the, uh, the only other thing that I did that I I don't feel guilty about is like I started to look into like porn and see like oh that's what I could bad. do. But it, well, you couldn't find it easily on the internet at the time, so. <laughs> I looked. I found my brother's stash, and then I would uh, call a friend over, and we would look at it. Um, and then I did go looking for it on the internet, and you couldn't find it at the time. But the one thing I was able to find, uh, I, this I, I perfectly remember even what it looked like, and I because I printed it out in black and white on my printer was mm-hmm. a, a nudie picture of Blossom, my Bialik. <laughs> and it was clay must have been photoshopped like the photoshop yeah 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 Yeah, but i couldn't tell the difference and i was like holy crap blossom's naked of her yeah (laughs) whoa um she's missing a finger in real life (laughs) (laughs) but anyway uh and i I printed it out and then for some reason i and i put it in my backpack to show show kids at school and then i felt so guilty about having that in my backpack that on my walk to school I jammed it in somebody's like power meter box, like instead because I like, yeah. was worried. It was the person whose window it. you broke. Yeah, actually, that <laughs> and, was my and Alex apartment yeah. that you were. She's just like, um, what is going on? <laughs> uh, and then uh, whatever it was messed me up bad enough that at one point I was like, I swore off porn, and I went back to my um, my brother's stash of of porn magazines, and I I put whiteout bikinis on every single lady. <laughs> 
that is evil. Your brother yeah. was like, oh my god, what a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, ew, there's <laughs> something <laughs> gross. That uh, would be freaking crazy. You're talking about someone spermed all over <laughs> the turn into a bikini. Someone my Maggie. <laughs> Not a girl named Maggie. That's what he calls his magazine. <laughs> Someone fertilized my Maggie. <laughs> That's I want to know who did. <laughs> a farmer brings his daughter to the town center. She's yeah. like pregnant. It's like, who fertilized my Maggie? And this <laughs> cracks her open into an egg pan. It's he's, scream. A, he's a farmer and he only knows farmer terms. So it's like, he's like a chicken. <laughs> Good chicken. Well, I may may not be a city chicken. Yeah. Look, I'm a simple southern chicken. Somebody fertilized my daughter. Gonna pay for that egg. Can can I just say real quick, uh, no anxiety has ever been higher for a young man of a certain age than waiting for his black and white internet porn to be printed out from the family computer. I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. It's so loud. It's, it's like, so it's louder than usual. You own a dot doesn't... matrix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like one <laughs> line at a time. And it's like three lines for the nipple, really? Come on. <laughs> yeah, free yeah, and then it's like halfway up and it freezes. It's like eh. <laughs> and your heart stops like come on i'm done with it i'm good i'm good i'm good well that's it for this episode of big question we went places we were a dr seuss book right now <laughs> oh uh, the places you'll blow <laughs> <laughs> uh well philip happy new year again thanks for joining me this episode you we're gonna have happy edit- new year previously I did at the beginning of the episode three oh, hours ago. I wasn't ago. listening. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we have an exciting, exciting new year. It sounds like movies are back on in 2021, folks. So we got a lot in store for you here at New York Stars. Speaking of, real quick, this is huge. Uh, more details in the announcement video. But Eric and Tommy and me are working out nerd style. Look at those muscles that that are underway. Yeah, we pre-shot this episode, so I may be thinner now yeah, in the video like, yesterday's video. Just a little bit. It's a it's something that we're we're taking a little bit of a risk on, but we really appreciate if you go watch those episodes and enjoy them yeah. and get to know what it's like of uh, when the rest of our bodies get involved. Yeah, and and uh, that weird feeling of seeing me have legs. I have them. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. <laughs> uh, well, you can follow Philip at Philip Molina. Follow me at EA Boss. Make sure to follow New Rockstars on all socials and send us your big questions using that hashtag big question. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast feed version of this uh, and give us a nice rating and review. That helps people see it and hear it. You know, uh, subscribe to New Rockstars, of course, here on YouTube. Be sure to hit that notification bell so you get notifications when our stuff comes out. And uh, we will see you next week. Happy New Year, everybody. If it was your window, I'm so sorry. I'll pay. You should apologize to me and Bialik. You know it was her. She <laughs> was trying to record that video of herself dancing in her bedroom and a rock keeps flying in. Well, and she was going to go open the window and it smashed and then she caught her finger on it and lost her finger. Did she really lose a finger? My and Bialik is missing a finger. We're looking it up. See you guys <laughs> later. Bye. <laughs>